here today changed different than when we've came with a bite of your word inside of us that we can be, Lord, uh, moving, uh, moving this week in a, in a way that we are learning, that we are taking from your word, and we are growing, God, and we are, Lord, moving in the path that you would have us. Jesus, amen, amen. Worship this morning, church.
times people they're talking a lot of times I hear people they'll say oh you got to have the fastest and the most upbeat song in order, in order to get a hold of God and get people's hearts in their life I'm gonna tell you something just this simple course Holy Spirit rain down put those words back up Holy Spirit rain down oh comforter and friend how we need your touch again. Just think about, don't just think, think about what we're singing. Think about what we're calling out to God. Holy Spirit, rain down. Let your power fall. Let your voice be heard. And just do those things in our lives that we just, you know, know. What's the next line? It says, Come and change our hearts as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, rain down. I want them to sing that one more time. Church, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit of God. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. What you need to understand is what these folks was doing. They wasn't just willy-nilly going about their lives and thinking, okay, God's going to just show up whenever, whenever He gets ready. I'm just going to go about my life and I'm just going to live however I want to and God's just going to show up whenever He gets ready. No, what this is what they was doing. He told them to go into the upper room he told them to get a hold of the horn of the altar of God. But before they did that, they had to rebuild the altar. There's some folks that need a spiritual rebuilding of their altar. They need to get a hold of an altar of God and they don't need to let go until God changes in their lives. We need the Holy Spirit to fall. We're living in a day and time where Church is just obsolete. Church is the second, the third, the fourth priority in our lives. We don't care about what's going on at church anymore. This is the mindset of folks. Holy Spirit, I need you to rain down in my life. Holy Spirit, I need you to rain down. I need you to do something in my, I need you to change my heart. So as they sing that one more time, would you, don't sing it to me. Oh Lord, don't. Sing this and talk to God. Just tell Him these words. Holy Spirit, I need you to rain down in my life.
Yesterday evening, didn't feel like it, but went to a youth rally last night. I'm just glad I wasn't the oldest person in the room. But when they they caught at the very end, with Ryan Bristow bringing forth the word, and then he called all the student pastors down. I don't know how many that, that that sanctuary would see, but it was packed. They're bringing more chairs in. And just to enlighten you, I was close to the oldest person in the room. I tell you that till you understand there was a whole lot of young people. I'm so sick and tired of the, this is our generation, this is this generation, that's the next generation. I'm sick of it. God has called for unity in the church. We are not the young folk and the old folk. Sure, we've got, we've got events and things that we plan and it's just the teenagers or it's just the kids or it's just, it's the senior adult. Yeah, I get that. That's a great time of fellowship. I'm so sick and tired of disunity. Last night, those folks, those teenagers and those young people, they came up to those altars. And then he invited one of the student pastors to come and speak over the youth. And this guy comes up. Brother Kevin, this is what he said. He said, I'm on, I'm on paraphrase. He said, y'all get, y'all move, open this up right here. You want the Holy Spirit of God. Get right here, right now. There wasn't this. Should I go or not? If I go, will you go with me? There wasn't none of that. They was all of a sudden, there was five or six of them just come right, right down to the altar. And they was on their knees before God. Seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you something, church. I'm so sick and tired of people saying that there's a formula to all of this. All we need to do is we need to seek the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, rain down one more time. Let, let your voice be heard. Change our heart as we stand on your word. Mankind's made it complicated. Holy Spirit, rain down on our lives. Would you bow your heads? Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you right now, God, I thank you. I thank you right now for your presence that we have felt in this house. I thank you for the anointing that we are feeling one more time. God, that we feel in your presence. Father, I praise you for this. I thank you for this praise team as they have brought forth your word in song. And Father, over the next few moments, as we bring forth your word, 
God, that I know you've laid on our hearts and our lives today. Father, I pray that you would move in a mighty way. God, bring unity back in the church, not just Coosa Valley, the church as a whole. God, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise as you're being seated. Thank you so very much for being here today. Over the last couple of weeks, month or so, we've been talking about Holy Spirit lead me. I want to tell you something, church. We need the Holy Spirit to lead our lives. Some people need, need to get out of the, pass, the driver's seat and get over in the passenger seat and allow the Holy Spirit to lead their lives. So many times people are saying, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do, and this is the direction. No, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. It's time that we allow God to move, uh, move in the areas that we need. Some people in the church world today, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something, some of this this morning is going to be very bold and very blunt. I want to tell you something. I think that we need to hear this. I th- I have, I've been putting this down in outline form for over a week, and I have been battling in certain areas of this, saying, God, that, that's, that's, that's bold right there. I can't, I can't say that like that. I want to tell you something. This ain't nothing about trying to be ugly to anybody. But I'm going to tell you, if we want this last day revival to pour out on our church, we I'm talking Coosa Valley Church. Hello? If we want this last day revival, we've been having some awesome services. But I'm going to tell you, we need to take another step of faith and get closer to God. The Holy Spirit and the church are inseparable. I do not believe in any way, shape, form, or fashion you can have one without the other. Wherever the true church is, the Holy Spirit of God is at work. In the fullest sense of the word, the church, the New Testament church, what we have is the modern day church. When I say modern day, I'm not talking about what what some say church is supposed to be. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, if it looks like a bar scene... I have had people to come to me that do not go to church. They find out I'm a pastor. This is from unchurched folks. I'm I'm not trying to be ugly in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And this is not the way Coosa Valley is laid out, so I'm, I'm proud of that. But I've had people to come to me, and I'll invite them to church. And they'll say, you know, we tried that church thing. But you know, if I go to a place on Saturday night and I can get drunk, and I can go to a place on a Sunday morning, and it looks the same, then I don't need to go there. Where the true church is at, the Holy Spirit of God is involved. You're going to know when you come in if it's the Holy Spirit of God or not. I have had people to tell me From this very congregation, I've had people to tell me, Brother Kevin, they'll say, hey, you know what? There was somebody in service last week, and I I don't believe that was the Holy Spirit of God moving on them. I'm going to tell you something. The devil tries to come, and he tries to counterfeit the Holy Spirit of God. 
Y'all don't be quiet because if y'all quiet, I'll preach for an hour and a half. The Holy, the Holy Spirit of God has a counterfeit and it's called the devil. There are people that will counterfeit a $100 bill. They'll pass those $100 bills off as the real thing. But there are tests that can be done to see is it real or not. I'm going to tell you something, church. There are tests that can be done to know if somebody is faking or if they're in the, they're in the Spirit of God. The biggest one is how you live in your life outside these four walls. Hello? I got about three amens on that. Maybe we need to stop here and have altar call. What we've got to understand is how you live outside these four walls. That's what being a church is about. Not what coming in here. Coming in here is a part of being a church. But going outside these four walls, that's what the true church is all about. The church did not come onto the scene, did not come into existence until the day of Pentecost. That's next Sunday. That's when the true church started. That's what we have as today. That's the birthday of the church. Every church, Coosa Valley has its own birthday. Every church has a birthday. But the birth date of the church, what we have as the church, was on the day of Pentecost. Because on that occasion, the Spirit of God came upon the assembled body of believers. On that day and moving forward, as the New Testament was written, there are two symbols or two words that is used to depict the connection between the Holy Spirit of God and the church. Those two words are temple and body. The temple is a focus on the worship of God. There are many that has allowed their temple to be cluttered and to become in disarray and you can't find the altar because you're pushing through the stuff. We've allowed stuff to get in our way. How many has ever walked into your home office, your work office, or that closet that nobody better open the door when the guests are there. Hello? Y'all know what I mean. You Look, if you was to walk into my office at the house, to you it may look discombobulated, disorganized, and turned upside down. But I'm going to tell you something. I know where everything is at. I don't need somebody else going in there and trying to find something. I know exactly where it's at. You ain't going to organize it like I'm going to organize it. But I'm also tell you something else. We ain't going to organize our life like the Holy Spirit of God's going to organize our lives. When we get saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes in. We need to start allowing Him to organize our life so that the priorities get back in order and the stuff gets moved out of the way so we can find the altar to worship God. Hello? There are folks that has, dis, that has disassembled the altar in their lives. I'm not talking, I brought this out a few weeks ago. When, when, when I seen churches start moving the, 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 the altar rail, 
the altar pew, whatever you wanted to have called it. I've seen churches start moving those out. I was like, what in the world are they doing? But then I realized really quickly, if somebody had to have a piece of furniture, physical piece of furniture, and that's the only way they could go to God, they need to go to God. The altar is not that piece of furniture. The altar is in your temple. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Hello? I'm going to tell you something. There's many a times driving down I-20, I've been going to God in prayer. There's times I'm going to God in prayer over the needs in this church. There's times on I-20 when I'm going to God in prayer. Oh, please keep me safe. Well, I got amens off of that one. Y'all know it. Come on now. What we've got to understand is we need a place in our lives, spiritually speaking, that we can go to God. We need the altars rebuilt. The second word is the body. The body suggests a focus on service to God's people. We're not just here just to do something. We're here to be servants of God. We've been called to be servants of God. How do I serve? I serve by teaching a Sunday school class. I serve by being an usher, by being a greeter, by cleaning the toilet. Hey, amen, come on now. Hello? Oh, Brother Andy, that, that, that's beneath me. If that's beneath you, you better get to an altar. Too many times people are looking for a title instead of looking to be a servant. God sent His Son to be a servant. He came the first time as a babe in a manger. He served by serving as an example for you and I. The next time He's coming, He's not coming back as a little baby. He's coming back riding a white horse. He's coming back in victory. If you want to be caught up, you've got to be a servant. The church is likened unto the building, the temple. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Paul's writing, I want to lay a little bit of a foundation, then I'm going to show you something. Paul's writing contains several references to the imagery that I just spoke about, about the building and the temple. Let's take a look at these. We find in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, it says this, Do you not know that you are God's temple? How many of you are made... I was supposed to say out of electrical components, but some of you would raise your hands on that one. How many of you are made out of sheetrock and two-by-fours? We're not a physical building. We're a spiritual building that the Holy Spirit of God lives in. How many of you do, do you not know that you are God's temple and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy. Guess what? You 
are that temple. That's verse 17. Look at that one more time. Look at the last part of this. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. You have been called to be a holy people, a peculiar people, a people that is set apart. I don't need somebody to know that I'm a Christian because of the way I'm dressed or the way my hair is parted or the, or the way I'm walking. I need people to know that I'm a Christian because of my actions, my attitude. Hello? Take a look at 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. The most famous passages of Scripture Paul talks about. The end of the... Look, what we just looked at was talking about a temple, talking about a building. Now I want you to know something. This is an individualized thing to every one of us. Those that are sitting here and those that are joining on live feed. This is individualized for us. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says this. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? He lives inside of you. You are not your own. You've been bought. I bought that car. I bought that truck. I bought that RV. They don't go nowhere without me. It's time for the body of Christ to quit trying to go places without the Holy Spirit of God. Oh man, my Lord have mercy. That'll preach. We'll say amen right there and close it out. Let's look at something else that Paul wrote. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 3. We've already read 16 and 17. The warning is directed to any individual who does harm or attempts to do harm to the church. You want to do harm to the church or to the temple of God, there's a warning against you in the Word of God. Hello? There's a warning. Why are we talking about all this leading up to Pentecost Sunday? We need to get ready, church. I believe whenever they was in the upper room, they was not just sitting around playing Uno. They was not playing phase 10, and they was not playing chicken hand, chicken foot, what is that? Foot hand, yeah, hand foot. They weren't playing chicken foot either. Y'all, I went over... I went over to, this was way before COVID, I went over to the Pell City Senior Citizen Center and they had about four card games going and they was all playing hand foot. Every time, they, every time I say that, I think a hand foot mouth disease. But they was over there playing that and you know what? There was three or four card games going and they all had different rules. I went over there and I was, I was visiting just, you know, Getting out in the community, having a good old... I walking around, I was looking, and, and I was told, don't go to that card game. They get violent over there. Look, the church was not in the upper room playing card games. They, look, I'm going to tell, tell you this, and you're going to think I'm off, off my rocker more than I already am. Look, they wasn't even just in the upper room praying. 
what they was doing and saying, God, I need you to change me. I need to be receptive and ready to receive the Spirit of God. I need preparations done in my life to prepare me to receive the Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of folks in the church world that needs, that needs preparations done. There's a lot of folks in the church world that needs a change made in their lives. Take a look at 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 16. Paul is calling for God's people to be separate from all that is evil. 2 Corinthians 6, 16 says this. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Paul is calling us to be a separate people. Look. What the guy was telling me, and again, I need you to understand, I've been told that on numerous occasions. If I can see the same thing on Saturday night as I see on Sunday morning, it's not looking at the decor. It's not looking at the light structure. It's looking at the attitude and the actions of the folks that are there. Come on now. If we're acting like the world, why is the world changing? They're not. We've got to be separate. We've got to be different. We've got to be set apart. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 21 and 22. Look at what it says. Paul is telling us here. That Christ wants the church to grow. This is the whole church. I don't mean grow like this. Oh, come on. Y'all got to wake up. Y'all didn't follow me around yesterday, so you can't be as tired. God is not... Well, a couple of you did. Uh, look. What we've got to understand is this. God wants the church to grow. But too many times people are so convinced that growth means numbers. Growth does not mean numbers. God is wanting spiritual growth. God is wanting people to grow spiritually. Look at what it says. Ephesians 2, 21 and 22. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple. In Him you are also being built together into a dwelling place, place for God by the Spirit. Paul tells us Christ wants the church to grow. Now Peter also tells us something. Take a look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. You yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to be offered a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. How many of you ever went somewhere? You might be scared to do it, but 
Who's ever went somewhere and you ordered your food? I know I'm talking about food again. You ordered your food and it came to the table and it was not cooked right. And I am not talking about your house. What do you do? It's not acceptable. Are you going to muster through and eat it? Most of the time probably. You ain't going to like it. If it ain't cooked right, you might get sick. Can I, get an, can I at least get an amen off of that? At least you got food. I like that. I'm going to put the A1 steak sauce on it. But what you do is you, look, if it's not acceptable, something may happen. You may get sick. Some, you may not, it may not taste good. I've bitten into some food before and chewed for 30 minutes. That ain't good. I got three or four of you shaking your head. You know what I'm talking about. What is God receiving when he gets into your life? Is he finding something that's acceptable or is he having to chew on it for about 30 minutes? Hello? We, God is calling us to be acceptable. Now I want to look at something. For everybody that thinks, oh, the New Testament, we ain't supposed to just be looking at the New Testament. We got to look at the Old Testament. All right, let's do that. Let's take a look at the Old Testament about the Spirit of God. Take a look at Exodus chapter 40, starting in verse 34. The church, as the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, is the fulfillment of what God instituted in the Old Testament. When the tabernacle was first set up, Exodus 40 and 34 and 35 tells us, a cloud covered the tent of the meeting. Oh, to have the cloud of the Holy Spirit of God covering our services one more time. What you've got to understand is the cloud came through and then it went away. The Old Testament did not have the Holy Spirit of God to stay like we have today. Holy Spirit rain down. Comforter. Counselor. Stay in our lives. But we walk out of the church building like we're, and act like a bunch of heathens. Because we say the Holy Spirit just going to stay there in the church. The Holy Spirit is following you. The Holy Spirit is with you. He wants to rain down in our lives. The cloud covered the tent. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Verse 35. Moses was, my Lord have mercy. Do y'all hear this? Are y'all seeing what I'm seeing? I'm going to tell you something. To come into the house of God and do a bunch of gossiping, backbiting, bickering, complaining. That ain't of God. Well, Brother Andy, I try to leave it in the car. Don't! There's some folks that your car needs to be cleaned out. I'm not talking about the McDonald's wrappers laying in the back seat of your car. I'm talking about your spiritual car. Hello? Yeah. 
There's some folks that has left so much baggage in the back seat of your spiritual automobile and you've not brought it in and allowed God to get a hold of it. Moses was not able to enter because the cloud settled on the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled that place. I'm going to tell you something. I want to come up here one Sunday morning at 8 o'clock and unlock the door and walk in and the power of the Holy Spirit of God be so thick you can't walk in. I want, when people are starting to enter in that foyer out there, I want the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God so thick that they don't stop to try to gossip about somebody. They come straight to the altar and get a hold of God. We need the Holy Spirit raining down on us one more time. Let's go on. Solomon's temple was dedicated And we find in 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 10 that when the priest came out of the holy place, can anybody tell me where the holy place is at? Can can anybody point to where the holy place is at? Here, let me give you a a hint. Take your finger and point to yourself. There's the holy place. The priest was in the holy place and the cloud of the Lord, uh, the cloud filled the house of the Lord. Look at verse 11. The priest could not stand to minister because the Holy Spirit of God filled the house. I'm going to tell you something. When we come in, to the presence of God. Don't leave your junk out on the front porch. The leaf blower I've got may not be strong enough to push it all away. I'm telling you right now, you need to bring your garbage. You need to bring the gossip. You need to bring the bad attitude. You need to bring the discontentment. You need to bring all of those things. And you lay them down at an altar. Brother Andy, we ain't got an altar. Look, I hereby designate this front row and this front row the altar. You want to sit on the altar? There's the altar. This up here, this is the altar. All of this, this is the altar. We need to bring the things to the altar of God. Let's go on and look at this. The Spirit of God constitutes the church. They can look at 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. I'm going to try to hurry, maybe. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, look at what it says. For in one spirit we are all baptized. There is not a student ministry spirit, a children's church spirit, a young adult, oh wait, I'm off screen, a young adult spirit, a praise team spirit. There is only one Holy Spirit of God. Hello? Hello? Everybody with me? 
We are baptized in the body. It don't matter what your background is. We are all made under one Spirit of God. At the moment of conversion, we become one. The person is saved as an individual, but once you are saved, you are incorporated into the body of Christ by the operation of the Holy Spirit of God. Y'all remember how to zoom on that thing? Look, hey, get right here on my nose. Not that close. Come on. Oh, come on. I know you want to zoom in on me. Look, look, this is for the in-house, but I will make sure live feed catches this. Too many times we try to deal with our problems. We try to handle them by ourselves. We're not in this by ourselves. We're in this all together as a body of believers. I'm not facing it alone. We're in this. Oh, I forgot I told her to zoom. We're all in this as a body of believers. Quit acting like you're in it by yourself. Hello? All right, now you can go back out. Get off my nose. Why? Because God's going to add to the church. How does he do that? The Spirit, look at Revelation 22 and 17. Not only is the Spirit the inner life of the church, he adds continually to the body. He accomplishes this through the working of his people. Revelation 22 and 17 says this. The Spirit and the bride come. Let the one who hears say come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires the water of life without price. Look, somebody's got to be the one going out there saying, y'all come on in here. Guess who that is? That's the pastor. No, that is the body of Christ. That is every one of us. We all have the responsibility. Acts, the book of Acts is a running commentary. Only by the Holy Spirit of God were the disciples able to witness effectively. Oh, Brother Andy, I can't witness. Well, how about inviting the Holy Spirit on your witness journey? Take a look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you will see power by the Holy Spirit when he has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. As a result of a Spirit-inspired preaching and witnessing, Peter goes out with the Holy Spirit of God in Acts chapter 2 and 37, and he says, Now when they heard, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, What do we do to get what y'all got? Look, I had a... You know, somebody gets a new lawnmower. Weed eater. Chainsaw. Y'all quit grinning at me over there. <laughs> you get something, you start showing it to people. 
And then if, it, if they like it, guess what? They want it. But it's all in your selling point. It's all in your witness. It's all in your testimony. Oh, you don't want this. This is a piece of junk. Well, no, I don't want it. If it's a piece of junk, why are you trying to get me to get it? I don't want it. But if it's the best thing since last bread, you're going to have a testimony. You're going to have a witness in order to persuade that person. You've got to get this. But let me tell you something. This is what your witness needs to be. I'm going to close out with this. This is what your witness needs to be. Let me tell you, you, you may be going through a problem. You may have addiction. You may have obstacles that's come your way. You may have your world turned upside down. You may be facing a financial despair. You may be facing heartache. You may be facing all sorts of problems. All sorts of mistakes from your past has come up. You may be facing all those things. But let me introduce to you. I've got somebody I can introduce you to that will help you through your problems, that will help you through the fire, that will help you in the storm. He's not going to just be there before. He's not just there during, but he's there afterwards as well. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, he ascended into the heavens to allow the Holy Spirit of God to come down into our lives. Why refuse what God's given would you stand all over the house? Church, you've got to understand, those in-house and live feet alike, you've got to understand, it's not about, it's not about just haphazardly living life. Well, you know, that person, we really don't want that person at church. You just really don't know how that person is in their life. You really don't know how that person, their attitude, their act, they smell. The language. Their past. We really don't want them. Let me tell you something real quick like, I want them here. I want the undesirable. I want the folks that the, the church down the road, they don't want them there. I want them at Coosa Valley Church of God. Oh, but Brother Andy, they smell. God invented spray deodorant. Hello? God also invented Vicks Vapor Rub. If that is what's turning you off of somebody, maybe it's not just them that needs to get to an altar. Oh, man. That... Woo! That was good. Thank you. It's not about who we are. It's all about who he is. Live feed, thank you so much for being a part of the church services this, this morning. In just a moment, we're going to have a brief meeting. But for right now, live feed, in-house alike. If you need something from God, you want to make sure that your heart and your life is changed. You want to make sure that things are rearranged in your life. I'm telling you, these altars is a place to get a hold of God. 
These altars is a place to receive what God's trying to give you. If you're on live feed and you need something from God, there's chat boxes everywhere and our phone number is on the bottom of the screen. If you're in-house, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and I'm asking you right now. I'm asking you, you need something from God. Some of you I could pull by the nap of your head and drag you kicking and screaming. But I'm going to tell you something. You need to get a hold of God for you. Not because somebody's telling you, but you need to get a hold of God for you. We're fixing to pray. In-house, live feet alike. We're fixing to pray and ask God to move. If you need something from God, would you just come? While we're praying, would you come to the altar? Let's get a hold of God. I promise you somebody would meet you here to pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you again today, God, I want to thank you again, and I want to praise you for the blessings that you've given us. I thank you for this great and wonderful opportunity that you've allowed us to come into your house. God, I know that there's things in our lives, and I know situations are turning lives upside down. I know that there are some that is battling with addiction, depression, anxiety. I know that some have battled with sicknesses. God, right now I'm praying that you would move in a mighty way. God, touch the heartstrings one more time. Touch the heartstrings that, that, God, that we would come to get closer to you. That we would get closer to you. That it's not about that I'm going to battle it by myself, but I've got brothers and sisters in Christ that's going to fight with me. And I know that your Holy Spirit is going to fight for me. God, I thank you right now and I praise you for all the many blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Does anyone need anything from God this morning? Need to be anointed and prayed for.